Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and we're here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. Today, we're going to talk about seven bad habits of ineffective teachers. And I want you to stop and think for just a minute of when you were back in school, elementary, high school, college, and think about that teacher who was, in a word, just a bad teacher. (laughs) Um, I don't know if you have a few in mind. You just think back and you're just like, oh, you just cringe and just think, oh, it was so horrible. Or honestly, maybe there's even some teachers that you know currently that are just not effective. Now, here's the thing. It is not our job to criticize or point fingers. What we should do, however, though, when we see an example of bad teaching, what we need to do is stop and look at ourselves and say, is there any element of that in me? Often, you know, the things that we're cringing at, we maybe naturally are like, oh, I would never do that. But sometimes we do have things that we're doing that cause us to be less effective or we have, you know, maybe we would never do it the way they do it, but we make this a similar mistake in a different way. So my point is to always turn it back on ourselves and ask ourselves, how can I be more effective? Am I falling into some of these same traps? And so that's the point today is not to point fingers at others, but to take a look at ourselves and look at these seven bad habits and honestly ask yourself, um, am I prone to any of these? Um, Should I... I, you know, change a few things as we head into this new school year. So here we go. Seven bad habits. Number one is focusing on being liked. Now, everyone likes to be liked. I don't think, well, I shouldn't say everyone. Very few people take pleasure in being disliked, right? But here's the problem. If we are worried about our students liking us, if we are focused on getting them to like us, that's going to affect our teaching and not in a good way. What we need to focus on is being a good teacher that our students can respect and look up to. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying like that stern teacher that you can never relate to. I often like to say that we need to be our students' mentors not their friends. So a mentor is still very open. Uh, You very much have a close relationship. So this is not at all saying don't have relationships with your students. The point is that the focus of that relationship needs to be in the right place. You, The tone of the relationship needs to be that, like I said, of a mentor, not a friend. A focus on being respected, not because you demanded it, but because you are worthy of the respect, as opposed to being liked because you're cool. Do you see the difference there? Um, so so definitely focus on, on being a teacher worthy of their respect, of showing them that you care, but don't try to be the quote-unquote cool teacher. Uh, because ironically, um, like I said, not only does it affect your classroom management, I mean, it like a, a, the student's friend, the cool teacher, you know, doesn't give homework, doesn't give out any consequences, right? It's going to, you're, you're going to find yourself at odds with yourself if you're trying to be, if you're really focusing on being liked. But ironically, when you do focus on being liked, often, if, if you think about this to when you were in school too, often in the end, Students end up not even liking those teachers because it typically leads to just like chaos and it's just not really the right and the proper relationship. Students look back, think about yourself, you look back and the teachers you 
are so thankful for now are the ones that earned your respect, that you knew they cared about you, but they cared about you as a mentor. Uh, They weren't trying to be buddy-buddy with you. So I hope that makes sense. So number one, focus on being liked. That is a bad habit. Instead, focus on being respected and being a mentor that they can count on. Number two, Yelling at the students is a bad habit. Now, okay, we need to give ourselves grace. I think all of us have yelled at some point, but this is not a good habit to have. If it's happening all the time, it's not good, right? Yelling rarely produces good results. Um, If you yell one time a year, It might have some effect, but if you're yelling all the time, uh, it is not doing any good, and the chances are it is resulting in a huge lack of respect, right? I mean, I think about it. I mean, typically what ends up happening is the students go talk about it the rest of the day, and they laugh about how hilarious it was that Mrs. So-and-so lost her temper, right? So instead of berating students or flying off the handle, we need to take a deep breath, pray, um, get quiet, and calmly but firmly say what needs to be said, okay? And I talk more about this. I have a post called Should We Ever Yell at the Kids? Uh, I'll link to it at teachfortheheart.com slash bad habits. So number one, bad habit, focusing on being liked. Number two, bad habit, yelling at the students. Number three, bad habit, I was totally guilty of, letting little things go. Uh, When I first started teaching, I let a lot of little things slide, basically because I didn't want to whack kids on the head for seemingly insignificant things, right? A kid has his head down, he's leaning back in his chair, he's whispering, like these aren't a big deal. But especially at the beginning of the year, if you let little things go without addressing them at all, they do not stay little. (laughs) I've talked about this before. They quickly grow and so many of us can attest, soon the class is out of control and we are definitely not as effective as we should be. At least that is certainly what happened to me and I know a lot of it has happened to you as well. So what I learned is that you have to address each issue. Doesn't mean you have to hand out punishments to everybody. That would probably be excessive. Um, But something simple as, Ian, please sit up. Or, you know, remember, this is the procedure. Or can you please go back and walk into the room correctly, right? Just simply addressing each issue at the beginning of the year will set the right tone. And I talk more about this in an article, why we need to deal with problems before they're problems. And you can check that out as well at teachfortheheart.com slash bad habits. All right, the fourth bad habit is not being consistent. Now, believe me, I know how hard this is. It can be so hard to be consistent, but uh, but inconsistency can lead to a host of problems. So honestly, at least for myself, what I find is that I just have to determine ahead of time I'm, I'm going to be consistent, right? Every time this happens, this is what I'm going to do. Like I'm not going to debate it in my head. I'm just going to do it. And then the other thing that's helped me is to – this is where we often get off track, right? We we say, okay, I'm going to be consistent, but then, you know, so-and-so, so-and-so is talking and we don't say anything. So then when Bob is talking, we're like, well, I can't say something to Bob. I didn't say anything to Karen, right? 
And so what we have to do, though, is we cannot let that happen because that's where it mushrooms out of control. Instead, we have to say, oh, man, I really should have said something to Karen. But the next time this happens, I'm just going to I'm going to get right back to being consistent again. And if the students call me on it, I'll just apologize. I'm so sorry. I should have said something to Karen, too. I made a mistake. Let's move on. Right. So that's really been key for me is number one, determine ahead of time. I'm just going to do it. And then if I fail, be extra determined uh, to be consistent the next time it comes up as opposed to just being like, I give up, right? And I talk more about this. I link to a couple articles. I link to one about why it's so hard to be consistent and some specific advice there. But I also actually link to another article called Should Teachers Give Grace in the Classroom? Because I don't want to come across with the idea that you must be militant and always do the same thing in every situation. Um, the truth is that students are different. Every situation is different. And sometimes the situation calls for grace or mercy, right? And you should never feel like you, the need to be consistent surpasses, um, a, means like you can't give grace or you can't give mercy or you can't deal with the situation individually that needs to be dealt with individually. Okay. They can go together. Consistency and grace do not have to be enemies. Okay. They can work together really well. And I talk more about this in the article, but I, I think a big key though is to give grace only when it's the right thing to do. Okay. That sounds obvious, but what I mean is often we, I don't know, well, maybe not often, but I know I've done this in the past. I've said, I'm going to give grace like to my kids basically because I just don't want to deal with it, right? Not because they really need grace in that situation, but because I don't feel like dealing, like I just am like, oh my goodness, like I don't want to deal with this right now. I don't want to get, I don't want to get them in trouble. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know what to do. So I'm going to give you grace. That's not really effective, right? <laughs> um, we need to be honest with ourselves. Why do I think I should give grace in this situation? Is it because I, it's easier for me or is it because it's what's right for the student in this situation? Um, so I think that's a really important distinction to make. And I talk about it more um, in the article that I linked to. These All these articles can be found at teachfortheheart.com slash habits. So let's review. Bad habit number one, focusing on being liked. Bad habit number two, yelling at students. Bad habit number three, letting little things go. Bad habit number four, being inconsistent. Bad habit number five is failing to properly prepare. Now, we all have those days where we realize last minute that we forgot to make copies of the math quiz and we're running around like crazy, but that should not be a habitual thing, right? If we're habitually starting class and not even sure what we're going to be doing, we are in trouble, okay? We might make it through the class, but we're certainly not going to be as effective as we could be if we had adequately prepared. So we do need to, if this is a problem for you, um, you just need to do your best, determine to prepare as much as possible. And um, this, if it's if you're listening to this in the summer when this goes live, this is the time. You know, try to plan a couple weeks ahead. Get a couple weeks ready now so that you're ahead. And because that that's what that's where you get in trouble. If you get to where like you're working on today's stuff today, or you know you're working only on tomorrow's stuff, like you you have no margin there. That's where like it it can just really fall off the rails. 
I always made it my goal to have the next week's lesson plans, everything ready for the next week by Friday. So this week I'm working on next week. And so that's why worst case, you know, I had to bring something home over the weekend or, you know, Monday I still had most things ready. Um, So it gave me a little bit of a buffer zone. So that worked well for me. Um, That may or may not be what works well for you, but try to push that out a little bit. Try not to be planning today or tomorrow. Try to be planning a little bit into the future um, so that you have some more margin when something comes up. Bad habit number six is being defensive. Whether it's a student, a parent, or an administrator who's critiquing us, when we get defensive, which is our natural inclination, we rarely deal with the issue correctly. It's really important that instead of getting defensive, we first seek to understand what is not only what is being said, but where they're coming from. What is the core of the concern? Because often the core of the concern is actually something underneath what they're actually bringing up, right? So, you know, if a, if a parent, for example, is coming to you and saying, oh my goodness, like you give way too much homework, like my daughter can't get it done. Like, are they really concerned about the amount of homework you give? Or is there like a bigger underlying concern there that like my daughter's really struggling or, you know, these other things? There's probably something more underneath that. And maybe, the answer may be to give less homework, but the answer likely could also be to help them with the underlying issues, right? Well, let's get your daughter um, some tutoring or, you know, I noticed that she's really struggling with this and I think if she gets help with this, um, then um, she'll be able to get her homework done much faster or, or whatever it is. You know, I think maybe she's not having a place to work quietly. You know, whatever it is, you can help them with the underlying issue. So my point is seek first to understand and be open up to the possibility that there might be a better way, right? Sometimes once you understand the issue, you can help them address the issue. Sometimes though, in understanding the issue, you might realize, you know what? There's a better way to do that. Um, I had a situation like this when I was teaching. I think in particular, I'll I'll, I'll just share the specifics of it. I I have a little bit before. Um, I used to take off points when students didn't follow directions on homework. You know, so for example, um, it was math. So if they used pen instead of pencil, um, if they didn't use graph paper, if they didn't um, show their work, um, I would take off points. And my administrator told me, hey, like this is against our school policy. You can't do this. And at first I was really frustrated. And then I just thought, okay, like, I, there's, maybe there's a better way to do this, right? I didn't have a choice, so I had to think that way. Um, but I, so I said, well, what if instead of taking off points, I just made them redo it? So I gave them their grade, but they had to redo it in order to get that grade. And so, you know, if they did it in pen, they had to do it, redo it in pencil. If they didn't use graph paper, they had to redo it on graph paper so I could actually, you know, the lines are actually correct and everything. And it was really interesting. Once I switched to that, I realized this is, number one, more fair, right? Give them the grade that they got. And two, it actually, what I was, I didn't even really want to take off points. What I wanted was for them to do it right, you know? And taking off points didn't actually really motivate them that much. Having them redo it did. So I, my, my issues like this fell dramatically when I started having them redo it. So this was actually a better system. So my point is, instead of getting defensive, be humble, listen, and be open to the possibility that there may be a 
better way. It doesn't necessarily mean what you're doing is wrong. I think that's the thing. I think sometimes when people come to us, we automatically think they're saying that we're doing it wrong. And maybe they are. But it's not a matter of right and wrong. It might be a matter of good and better, right? So be open to that better possibility. All right, so bad bad habit number six is always getting defensive. Uh, Bad habit number seven is thinking that you've figured it all out. I have seen teachers who have gotten to that point where they are just like, I'm good. I don't need to learn anything else. And I doubt that's you. Otherwise, you wouldn't even be listening to this podcast. But even us who do like to learn and grow, we can still fall into this rut. I remember um, after my third year of teaching, I remember going into the summer thinking, wow, like, you know, this year went really good. Like, I think I'm finally getting the hang of it. Like, I actually don't. The last two years, I frantically read these classroom management books and was trying to figure stuff out. I don't really have anything I have to figure out this summer. This is great. I think I'm, I think I'm pretty much set. And I always say, I'm so thankful that I was, I was really about to fall into this in, in a little bit. In a, it, maybe not all the way, but I was definitely falling into that habit of thinking I'm good. And it was just then that I walked into our closing faculty meeting and the principal said, all right, we're starting a new initiative. And it was a writing to learn initiative where we were going to use writing across the curriculum. And I had to figure out how are we going to use writing in math class. And I was like, well, I guess I do have something to do this summer after all. But looking back, I'm so glad because it, once again, it's not that I was doing something wrong, but it took my teaching to another level, right? There's always more ideas. And We should not, okay, let me just a little caution on the flip side. You should not feel like you frantically have to implement every new idea you run across right now, right? Teaching is a journey and trying to change too much at once isn't necessarily a good idea either. But we should, but we should always be looking for better ways to do something, ways to improve, new ideas to try. And that's how we grow and continue to be more and more effective. And if you are looking for um, books to help you, we've got our newest book, Take Heart and Teach, um, that I feel like is especially helpful. We've got Create Your Dream Classroom, and we've got a bunch of free courses as well as some premium courses on the website. You just head to teachfortheheart.com, click books at the top, click courses at the top, and you can check out all those things. So thank you guys so much for being here. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. You can get all the notes and links in this episode once again at teachfortheheart.com slash bad habits. Look forward to speaking with you guys again soon. In the meantime, keep growing, keep striving. You really are making a difference.